When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of The Leadership Journey with our guest host, Brian Kite. BK, week five. We talked about player-led versus coach-led last week. Today, we're going to focus on building leadership during the season. When we look at leadership development, there's two primary windows. There's off-season development and there's in-season development. Certainly, the value of off-season leadership development is you get a lot more time and you get more just because the off season is longer than the in season and you get less time pressure demands because of the absence of the games and all of the different things that are going on so you got just a bigger window to do to do leadership development type activity in the off season than the in season the the downside of the off season is that it's not it's not you know usually now it's not live fire right you're 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 doing off season stuff and you, you we're always we're always talking about the work we do in the off season needs to show up in production and value in season, which is for leadership as well. A lot of the work that you do in, in leadership development, you're, you're very happy and you're pleased if players are showing progress in their leadership during the off season. But we all know the feeling that we're all questioning, we're all asking, we're all wondering, is it going to show up in season? Because if you get it in the off season, but it, doesn't show up in season, it's not worth a whole lot from a, from a football perspective. And so the, the, the value of in-season leadership development is that it's live fire. It's real. It's happening. The downside is we don't have as much, you know, whether you want to call it classroom time or, you know, you don't, you don't have the headspace of, hey, we're in a development window. No, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a performance window. We're in a production window. We're in a it's time to go window. And so I, I wanted to talk about this this week. And I want to put this topic on the table for you and I, because there there's ways that we can continue to grow leaders in the season. And it's a, it's still a very primary development window. We just have to look at what, what are the, what are the development rules or what are the development principles, I guess, that would change from out of season to in season. And then how do we leverage those really well so that we're still continuing to grow. Here's, here's what I believe as a, as a fundamental piece before we get into the details of this one. I believe this, which really shapes all of my views on this. I believe the best way to learn something is by doing it. That's my observation. 
if you look at history, the best way, it's not the only way, it's not, it's not the only good way, it's just what I think is the best way. I think the best way to learn anything is by doing it. And so we, we bring that here. I think the best way to lead, or I should say the best way to learn how to lead, is to actually lead in a real environment. And, and let's take it for coaching, for example. And I'll, I'll ask you, Keith, but for all, all the rest of you listening, treat it like I'm asking you as well and answer yourself. Do you learn more by watching coaches or more by actually getting in and coaching? And if you've been a head coach, did you learn more about head coaching by watching and observing and studying head coaches? Or did you learn more when you became a head coach? What's been your experience, Keith? Where you, where you actually learn more. Not that you don't learn in both, but where, in what scenario did you learn more? By observing something or by actually getting in and doing it as a coach? Well, I'm in a position now where I do a lot of the observation. And so my challenge is I have to learn in that way. But I could say this, it's, it's actually getting out there and doing it. And, and something I do actually to stay in, in practice of coaching, I do a few things I, I work with a quarterback here locally on video every week and, and just talking him through his game plan and doing those kinds of things and supporting, you know, what his coach does. But the other thing is, is I, I'll work with kids individually. I use a little app. It's called Coach Up, and it, it's like an Uber for coaches. And so from time to time, I, I don't promote it at all, but I get requests to work with this kid or that kid. And so for me, it's there, there's some discovery. I mean, I couldn't tell you. It, it was unbelievable. I worked with a, a 10-year-old this summer. His parents you know, wanted me to – he never played football, wanted me to work with him. And stepping back in, into it and then especially going back to how do you teach a 10-year-old, I discovered so many things about my coaching. And I, you have to be in the practice of it, which I think also really lends to the, the conversation of – you know, the, the true time where you're building leadership, I, I know we do everything as, as coaches to create the off-season mentality, competition, all those kinds of things. But let's face it, at the end of the week, there's not that real test that's going to be written about in the paper or talked about on the radio or, you know, the community's talking about and showing up for. That test is out there and the leadership becomes real and the challenges become real. And, and yes, we don't have the time to develop, but, you know, I think as coaches, that's that's kind of what it is for us in season. We have to make those adjustments. We have to help our players learn during the season. And those are the authentic opportunities. And I was mentioned to you before, maybe we don't get to it in this podcast, but I was looking at a particular team and going on Joe Idle here in Ohio, where all the computer scores are looking at their schedule and saying, man, this, this team actually has smooth sailing potentially all the way up to the state semifinal and maybe one challenge in the way. At, at, at the regional final. To me, that might be more of a challenging situation than that team who's, who's you know, up against the wall or has a tough schedule from here to the end or has those tough teams along the way because some of those things just don't come up. Things are going well. So I think the adversity, the obstacles, that's where you start to see who the true leaders are, where the abilities are, and where you can help either yourself or your players as a coach. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned something, Keith, right there that that I think it's just a turn of phrase that we use as coaches that I, maybe I want to take a step back and encourage people to reevaluate. When you said in the season, we may not have we may not have the same amount of time for development. 
And look, in, in some ways that might be right. Like you might actually have less physical available time. Like, you know, if there's regulations and you can spend an extra three hours a week in the off season that you don't get to spend in season because that stuff is regulated, that might be, that might be true. But here's what I don't want us to do. I don't I walked want right us. into your time trap, Brian. I knew when I said <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't want us because, well, I, I only say it, right? I only mention it, one, because it's really easy to, to you know, use a phrase and it's like, well, well, you know what I meant. Well, well the, the point is, yeah, okay, well, if I know what you meant, well, let's, let's, let's be very specific in, in how we're referring to this stuff because sometimes we'll say I know what I meant, but we'll still use language that kind of gives us an escape hatch. We'll use language that allows us to step out. So from a time perspective, let, let, we have the same amount of time. But if we view that you can, if you have a base belief in your head that you can't really do leadership development in season, like this is the point. You have the time. You're doing the work. You are in the performance environment. You are in a premium, premium spot to do leadership development. Maybe better than the off season. It's not a concept. It's not a workshop. It's not me coming down and speaking to the team. It's not watching a video. It's not writing a worksheet. It's not reading a book. It's pass, fail. Yes, no. Win, lose. Move people, don't. And it's all the stakes. That's the best time to develop as a leader. Now, you can go get knowledge in the off season. You can go get a lot of reps in the off season. I mean, this in-season leadership development window, I'm a huge believer, huge believer in that. But the first step is you as a coach, you've got to view all those reps as leadership development reps, and you've got to help that, those players do that. So here's the first thing I want to talk about in-season with growing leaders in-season. First thing is, how are we as coaches giving players leadership reps that really allow them to do two things. Number one is take responsibility for more than themselves. Number two is experience directly whether they succeeded or failed as a leader. How do we increase the number of reps at allowing a player to take responsibility for more than, more than himself, and then see, directly experience, observe, feel, right? Get that feedback, the true feedback, about whether he succeeded or failed, won or lost in that particular leadership rep. And, and I think that's the best measure. I mean, you, you listen, you look around it and you know, think there's a lot of places coach pull leadership information away from, and I don't know if they all are reflecting this, but th this is ultimately what I think about leadership. When it comes to leading, what, what's a leader's job? Like what, we could look at what the act of leading is. That's different. What's the, what's the job of a leader? And here's what I think, Keith, or like what I think about. Why does a leader exist when it would be, frankly, easier to not have a leader and just let everybody go do stuff? Like, why, why, why put ourselves in a position where we have to lead? What is the job of a leader? And the job of a leader in a function role is to produce a better result because of their presence. The job of a leader is to get it done. And in a competitive environment, 
The job of a leader is to get it done above the standard and to beat our opponent. That's the job. The job is not to be vocal. The job is not to have power. The job is not to be in a role. The job is not to have yourself be the person who is the primary performer. The job of a leader is, is pretty singular in nature. And that is to perform whatever our mission is, whatever our competitive environment is, whatever, we're, whatever task or, or strategy we are responsible for executing, is to perform that above standard and to win. Meaning, if you don't perform above standard and you don't win, it's a failure of what? It's a failure of leadership. This is the first thing to help players understand is help players understand that's the task of a leader. In high school in particular, you know, it's easy to misunderstand. You look at like, hey, players, I want you to be, I don't remember if we talked about this last time we were together, but everybody tells players to be vocal. You got to be a vocal leader. You don't have to be a vocal leader. You have to be a productive leader. Would, would, you, call, would you call Bill Belichick a vocal leader, Keith? The part we see publicly? No, we we don't see him be very vocal at all. He's very. Uh... Oh, just how about this? I mean, of course, of course, not publicly or not. But like, when you look at Bill Belichick, would you would would anybody describe Bill as? Hey, man, that guy's a that guy's a, a he's a very vocal guy. No, no, he's not vocal, and he's the best leader in the NFL right now. It's like use that as a cue, and it's not because he's a he's not a technical genius. He's obviously very good at football. But his defining trait at New England is building a culture. So here's the guy in charge of the culture at New England Patriots, and he's not a vocal person. You don't have to be vocal. Yeah, and I, I think you, you brought up some important points stepping back to, and you said it's not this, it's not that. I think we, we lose the focus on that. And, you know, you might look at a particular leader maybe like a Belichick or, or a Ryan Day comes to mind right now because you really don't hear a, a, a ton out of Ryan. Just not necessarily that up-in-your-face vocal kind of guy. There's some guys who come across as like very controlling of everything, the situation, very vocal, and, and it works for them. But I think that's where a lot of us, I can think at a time in my career, young head coach kind of got lost in exactly what, was expected of me in the role, but you boiled it down to, we have to get results. And that comes in many different ways. And so a lot of times you may see a guy who appears laid back, but he is looking at all the different things he needs to do in his particular situation. He might have a huge ego, but he's been able to keep that in check for the results of the team. And then you'll see situations where there's somebody who's up front and vocal and trying to control everything and yet everything's crumbling around him because he, he's not keyed into all the different aspects of how he has to help that particular situation and really find out what's appropriate for that. This is not a cookie cutter thing. This isn't something you open up the box and say, okay, here we go, leadership, and it's going to work for our team because there's so many things that are, are dynamic within your particular team. You have to understand your situation and what it takes and what what it takes for your kids. So to be, you know, that cookie cutter or to be that copy and paste kind of coach and think because it uh, worked for this guy over here, look at him, look at Bill Belichick, look at Nick Saban, look at whoever it might be. It never happens that way, right? 
where we could take some things from them and apply it and adapt it to our own situation. But to think that we are going to be that other coach and it's going to work for us is, is going to lead only to more problems. So, so how do we, one, totally agree. Uh, and, and two, here's, here's now the in-season question. How do we give players who we want to develop as leaders, and either we want them to become a better leader, we want them to become any kind of a leader, or frankly, sometimes in-season, Keith, I'll, I'll use this frame, as, as somebody who does you know, my, my, my job as development a lot, and I think football coaches will get this. They just they apply this from a football perspective, not from a leadership perspective. Sometimes it's not just becoming a better leader or, or learning how to lead. Sometimes, just like football, it's I just need the person to get in, and I need them to go through 10, 15 reps. Like I just need them to get their feet wet in this. I'm not expecting them to be a performer. I'm not expecting them to be good. But what I need is I need them to get over it's like the it's like the freshman or the young person, you know, it, it could be any age, but it's like the it's like the person who doesn't have, have a whole lot of game reps or frankly maybe even they don't have reps with the ones or the twos or live reps, they've only done drills and they're kind of overwhelmed by going, you know, good versus good, 11 on 11, right? So what do we do? We, we just get them in there and they need to get their first 10, 15 or 20 and 20 reps of being in the play, being in a a a full scrimmage. That there's reasons we do that. Well, it might be the same thing with leadership. Like in a, in a particular season or window, we might just need to get certain guys just pure reps just for the point of inoculating them, just for the point of dunking them in the experience of leading. And we're not expecting them to get better or be a leader, but we need them to kind of get over the immersive experience of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. As as you were talking earlier, and I'm thinking about the things you're saying, and looking at this, it's a lot of you know Andy Ryland and I focus on in the in the series we do called Deliberate Practice. It really, how do we get the the cognitive and physical reps that really represent what's going to happen on the field on a Friday night within practice? Because it's not the sterile drills. I mean, you're not going to set up a, a sterile drill right now for, okay, when this happens, this is what you say or this is what you do. You have to, to create, and this has kind of been our focus the last couple of weeks, create a situation within the practice. And I would say within the, the framework of, of what's going on within a game where you Allow those opportunities for the leadership to step up in whatever you might need. Maybe you create a critical situation in practice. And when we talk about what we need from a technical and tactical standpoint, you know, what, what do we need from, you know, the, the emotional side? What do we need from the leadership side? I mean, those things start to present themselves and, and then those are the opportunities to coach them up. And it's, it is kind of, like I said, I think the key word is deliberate practice. You have to be, intentional about creating these things or you're not going to get the opportunity yep so let's look at how, how do we be deliberate about creating these opportunities and not skip them let's go back to what the reference point for leading is one is you are responsible for it you are it's it, the act of leadership i think responsibility keith is the one word for leadership if I were to make it synonymous, I would just switch responsibility with leadership and vice versa. To be a leader is, I am responsible for this. 
when you think about that, like the act of leading is to be responsible for the thing. Like it's like it's like when you lead, you know, you've got kids. I've got a kid about to have a second kid. Leading your kids, just swap out the word responsible. I am responsible for this kid. Like, is there ever a day, Keith, where like when your kids were young, like really young, where you know maybe they were screaming or they were yelling or they did something in public, and you just looked at them and you just threw your hands up and go, "Yeah, I'm not responsible for that thing." And you just let it do whatever it wanted because you're like, no, I'm not responsible. No, immediately, if your kid is screaming in a restaurant, you feel a sense of what? Like you feel completely and totally responsible for that child. And then you what? Boom, you act to take it outside or be quiet or, you know, give it a hug if it was hurt or chastise it if it's, you know, being a little bit of a brat at the time, which our kids can be like, that, that's a good lens. Like I'm responsible for that thing. There's nobody else who's going to come in and take that away. It's mine. So that's what we have to look at this from a responsibility perspective. So here's the reps we're looking for. Building leaders in season, we're looking for two things. First, how do we make players, individuals, or, or, or small, small, small groups of players? I would start with one, maybe expand it to two, maybe expand it to three, but once you get above three, dynamics change. So think in, in, in groups of one, two, and three. How do we make players responsible for things where it's success or failure, whether it happens or doesn't happen? Yes, no, is just on that player or those players. In the same way that I am responsible for my three-year-old son, my wife and I, if we go someplace. Nobody else is going to watch him and take care of him at the park. We don't get to go drop him off at the park and then say, hey, we're going to go have a couple cocktails down at the bar and then we'll come back. Hey, collectively, parents, you're all good people. You like kids, right? Your kids are here too. Will you watch him? No, we're not doing that. Not a bad because... business model though, Brian. <laughs> not a bad business model. <laughs> but he is our responsibility. So we are not leaving because we're going to look at him and be like, no, there isn't anybody else. That's just me and her watching him. You know, with my company, there is nobody else responsible for my company. I am responsible for it. Not my employees are responsible for its overall success or failure. They're contributing. Of course, they don't feel the way. They don't wake up with the same kind of mindset that I do. So with players, how do you put them in a situation where they are responsible for something? I don't mean responsible in the broad sense. I mean responsible as it's on them. And then we can scale that up and down. Obviously, what we don't want is we don't want to say, hey, because I think too many times coaches do this, and I, and I said last week, do not make this mistake. Do not make the mistake of giving responsibility to a player and then allowing that player to fail so hard in that responsibility that the standard falls below the minimum requirement for the team and the overall team can't actually perform, compete, and win because the player didn't uphold their job our job as leaders is to, is to remember we said, keep your hand on their back, right? Keep your hand on their shoulder blade. Our job is don't, don't put that much responsibility on them because likely they're, they're not ready for it. They're going to get that responsibility when they pull away from our hand, not because we pull our hand back. So what I'm talking about is, you know, what if a drill doesn't go well on a particular day? Is that, is that going to change the entire course of your season? I don't think so. So make a player responsible for the success or failure of a drill. That's how you do it at scale is scaled down 
to make players responsible for small things. We're going to, hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to do this event, and all the players are going to be here. Make, a, make two players responsible for the entire team knowing what time the event is, where they need to be, and then everybody shows up with what they need to have, and then make those two players responsible for making sure that every player actually is there. Literally give them that responsibility. You say, look, I'm not calling anyone. Here's the deal. I'm going to pull you two in. This is going to be your event. Players knowing where to be, what time, and what they need to bring, and then every player actually being there, it's your two's responsibility. Keith, Brian, a player who is not there, not there on time, not there with what they need, is going to be your responsibility. I'm giving it to you. Now, here's the second part of that. Now, the success or failure, the yes or no, achieved, didn't, completed that assignment or didn't complete that assignment, it is only and exclusively on who? Those two players. And they are going to know whether they upheld that responsibility or not. And it's a weight. It's not the weight of the season. It's just the weight of what? An event. Now, you know, I, I, I might, again, this is, you flex your muscles on this, right? I might not make that the year-end banquet, right? Because if you've got two players who are at a certain leadership development window and you, make, you, make, you give them the responsibility for the, for the banquet, that's probably more than high school players or probably a bunch of college players are ready to take on. But if it's, if it's hey, we're doing a workout on Wednesday, you say, cool, two players, you're responsible for the communication and you're responsible for the arrival of everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's the bonfire at homecoming. It's, it's donuts on Friday morning or what, you know, Friday morning check-in we would, we'd always look for those. And I, honestly, like when you can take that, you know, off of the coaching staff, the little things like that and let your players lead. I mean, it's, it's good for the coaches as well. And what, what's so cool about that Keith is one, that's a, that's amount of responsibility. It still feels like a weight, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you still feel the weight of that responsibility. And, and then number two is the, the, the important piece on the development side. So what are we looking for in development? One, you want players to feel weight. So the reason that, that breaking a huddle isn't leadership development is because there's no weight. There's no stakes. Like nobody's saying, hey, break the, leadership, break, break, the, break the huddle. You know, be vocal inside the huddle. Nobody feels weight for that. That's not responsibility. That's like... That's like, frankly, that's probably more, probably more hype and you get more social cred for that because it's kind of cool to break the huddle and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not weight. That's not, that's just a routine. I'm talking about you, you need to feel weight. You need to feel all, you need to feel that on your shoulders. And so like right now, if, if, if you told me I had to go and you're like, hey, you're responsible for making sure that every player shows up wearing the right outfit today for a 6 a.m. workout and that they're all there. And I had 70 players to ensure that that happened for, I would feel weight on that. Because that's a bunch of stuff to track, right? That's a good thing. Now I'm, now I'm. It's like it's like putting weight on the bar and saying, "All right, get under it." Well, if I only put a, a bar with no weight on it, like you're not going to develop much. But if I put 225 on there or 315 on there, right? Whatever your whatever's whatever's weight for you. Well, now I'm now I'm putting you into a development space. And then the second thing is they need to see the feedback as to whether or not they were capable of carrying that weight and they did the job. And doing the job is this, a player needs to understand if you have 70 guys that need to be there for a 6 a.m. workout and 68 of them show up on time and two don't, you failed. 
you didn't get the job done. Now, with that, Brian, let's say we had those those guys in charge of that, because I think this is important. Yes, it is the pass fail. It is the grade. You did it or you didn't do it. But I think the, the opportunity to coach, the opportunity to teach these guys about the leadership and develop them is then you didn't. But why? What happened? What could you do better the next time? And that's with anything. You know, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, let's let's think about on the field. What's what's something very important that we should probably have a leader for? We should probably have somebody responsible for. On the defensive side of the ball, we would always have one of our interior linemen. I believe it was our nose was responsible for on every down, but especially on those downs, which they tend to try to make you jump behind the line, watch the ball positive things not don't jump off sides behind the line watch the ball reminding everybody every time and that was on him that was his responsibility right so that can be implemented in practice that could be you know if you're doing conditioning and you get on the line that might be his responsibility within there like thinking about how you can create those situations and make sure that they're happening in practice and when they don't making them accountable for it hey Nobody was reminded that time. You know, the D-line coach, keeping an eye on that. You didn't communicate with your teammates. So little things, big things, the, the events, all of that. There's, there's opportunities, I think, as coaches, the challenges. Again, how do we find those and make it deliberate? And then, as I was saying, which kind of went off track here, but the feedback, so important. I think that's the most important part. And the, the most important part is, you know, if somebody is jumping off sides and you say, let's, let's even go up. If somebody's jumping off sides and you say, hey, watch the ball, you know, move when the ball moves, and then somebody jumps off sides, who's responsible for that? The leader. Does that mean the person who jumped isn't responsible? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that who's also responsible? The leader. It's like if a team has 10 penalties in a game, is the coach, part, is the coach responsible for that? Yes. Did the coach commit any of those penalties? Hopefully not. <laughs> You're still responsible for it because how that team performs and their level of discipline, their attention to detail, their preparedness, that's the job. That is what it is. So if you're responsible for 70 guys on a team showing up on time, ready to work, and 68 of them are there, but two aren't, the question is, well, why didn't they show up? Well, that's the conversation you want to have, talking about what happened. Well, I called the guys. They didn't, they didn't answer. How many times did you call them? I called them three times. Okay. So you called three times and then they didn't show up. So in the future, since you can't just say they didn't show up, what do you do? You are responsible. There isn't something, well, well, they did this. You're responsible. Well, then they did that. You're responsible. Leadership is you're always responsible. You're responsible for the things that you didn't create or put in. I'm not responsible, Keith, for you bringing a bad attitude to our relationship. I am responsible for how I deal with it. And regardless of what attitude you bring or how you would treat me or what you would do in our relationship, if I am a leader, I am responsible for what I do, how I handle, and ultimately how your attitude impacts whatever it is that I'm leading. That's how it works. So looking for those reps is how do we give people those reps? So where do you, where do you find moments where there's weight? So one of the things I like to do is to, to help with the vocal side, which again, is not, it's not the only thing in leadership. It's frankly not even that, it's not that much important. What I think what, what 
what coaches confuse as vocal is they confuse clarity for vocal. What we want is clarity. We don't necessarily need vocal. Now, if you want players to motivate and you want them to be energy givers, then I would say that, hey, your, your job now is you've got to bring energy to this team. Like this team, it's, it's energy and its attitude is starting to slip. And, you know, that energy is showing up in how we are moving and, and competing and playing and performing and practicing. So be an energy giver. It's not a clarity situation. It's an energy situation. But most of the time when coaches say vocal, they're referring to clarity clarity of standards, clarity of expectations, clarity of what's going on. You don't need to be vocal or more vocal to be more clear. You need to be more clear. A lot of times clarity happens in less words, not more. So here's what I'm a big fan of to help a player feel weight and get them vocal and clarity reps, but make them responsible for something. You know, after practice, a, a coach oftentimes will talk to the team. Like the coach will deliver a, a speech after practice or maybe even before practice. This definitely got some weight to it. Yeah. Put that on a player. Hey, you are going to be the one who talks to the team today. You are going to stand up and you are going to be responsible. While the team takes a knee, you're going to step in the middle of the circle. All your peers are going to look at you and you are going to deliver us the standard of our practice today and what your expectation of our team is. Do you have a point of view? Do you have an expectation? Do you have a demand? Do you have a backbone to look at your buddies and your and a heart to look at your buddies and your friends and tell them what you expect from them on that day or how you feel about them on that day? Because it's one thing for a coach to get up there and say, I care about you guys. I really want the best for you guys. It's a whole other thing to have a 17-year-old junior stand up there and tell his friends how he feels about them. I love you guys. I care about you guys. I wake up every day and I want to spill it for you guys. So that, that's, a, that's a great, not breaking a huddle afterward, not doing a hike in the pregame, not, not that stuff. I'm talking about the mechanics, getting up, you know, in a meeting, in a session saying, all right, you are responsible for setting our tone. What is our theme for the day? Like, like I think that's a really cool thing. Hey, you know, like, you know, back to the, the high school version of Keith. Say, Keith, come up here. Here we go. Stand up, pop your, pop your lid, take your helmet off. Here we go. Keith, guys, we are getting our theme for the day from Keith. Keith, you got two minutes. What is our theme for the day and how does that help us? Now, Keith, you are responsible for giving our whole team the theme for our practice on a Wednesday. Now the player has to articulate, right? Like and look, if, if a player isn't great in that moment, if it's a bad rep, is, is that going to like change the course of the season or change the course of how you play on Friday? It's not, right? It's not. And so, look, I mean, I mean this is, you can still keep your hand on the back. And, like, look, if that player can't speak – you know, very well, if they get super nervous, if they don't articulate, if they say something kind of silly, like you just correct it and you just switch it. And then you pull that player back later and you say, Hey, let's talk about how'd that go? How'd you feel? Like, Oh, I got super nervous. Okay. So you mean when all your friends are looking at you and you actually had to have something useful and relevant and meaningful to say that that moment you kind of caved under it. I gave you two minutes and you caved in that moment. I did. Yeah. 
or uh, it's like, okay, look, I thought you caved. I really did. I, 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 you know, I thought I gave you a moment and I, I, I don't think you handled it very well. And here's why I'm saying that to you, because I want you to handle that moment well. And I think you want to handle that moment well, don't you? I sure do. Okay. Well, hey, we're going into a game on Friday. And it's going to be a battle. I want you to handle that moment well, too. And so let's draw the parallel between two minutes in front of your peers and 60 minutes in front of the whole town, or 48 minutes if we're playing high school ball, right? In front of the whole town with the lights on on Friday, and, you know, you're catching a punt. Those are good. Those are really, really good reps. So how do you do development in season? It's the best time to give them real responsibility, not responsibility for the ultimate success or failure of the team in any particular moment, but scale that responsibility up of, hey, how do I make them responsible for something that they can get a good rep where it won't cost us everything, but it'll feel very, it'll feel like a good weight, a good heavy weight for that particular player, you know? More and you know, the more you lead and the higher up you get, the more that weight gets and the more stakes there are. And so you just scale that as a coach. And then number two is they've got to be responsible for the success or failure, win loss of that particular moment. And they need to they need to know whether they got it done or didn't, whether it worked or didn't. And so what would you do? You is is you would either have a player talk again as 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 this example. Player gives the the theme for the day and a little two-minute address at the start of practice. And then after practice, the player addresses the team and passes on his perspective of what he saw from the team that day and how everybody performed and in the individual performances that did or did not meet the standard that day in practice against the theme and standards he expected from them. Pass, fail, yes, no. Did the team uphold what you want? Did you get what you wanted from the team? Was that good enough for your standards? have a point of view. Like those are great reps. And it means more to do that on a Tuesday practice in the fall than it does on a Thursday winter workout in a weight room. It just means more on a Tuesday practice in the fall. I think that those, that's a good framework, right? It's not, it's not deep, deep tactics, right? You can get too deep in the tactics. Like let's pull up to strategic. It's a good strategic framework for doing in-season leadership development is you just got way better rep opportunities to do that kind of development in season than you have off season. And I think that's as, if not more valuable than anything you do in the off season. Absolutely. And it's simple. <laughs> it really is. It boils down to it. It's very easy for us as coaches. That takes me maybe five minutes to figure out how I'm going to do that every day. It's a 10 minute meeting with the staff to say, which of your guys do you want involved in this this week? Who needs to step up? And each, you know, the head coach could decide one or two guys for the team. And then each, you know, position coaches could decide at their level one or two guys that they're going to focus on that day or that week inside their position groups and what ways they're going to put responsibility on them, how they're going to make sure the player sees pass, fail, you know, win, lose, success or not. And it doesn't take a ton of thought, but it does take thought a little planning, a little time. It's just, it's just incredibly worth it. And to not do it is to, is to just see the opportunity for all those reps and then skip them. It's, just, it's literally just to skip the work and skip the opportunity to grow and develop leaders. 
Well, BK, that takes us to about the end of our time this week. We've been trying to keep these under 45, but great stuff. Again, designed by us intentionally at the beginning of the week to allow coaches to think about some things. Maybe you don't get to it to Saturday, but the opportunity is to reflect and see how you can add these things into what you're doing right now, into your coaching right now to make yourself and your team better. And I think those are some great opportunities that you mentioned here today. Well, I appreciate it, Keith. It is, uh, honestly, we're, we're, you know, about or getting close to halfway through the season. This is season three for us. I, I love every one of these conversations that we have. I'm grateful that you have me on this week after week, year after year. And, uh, you know, just want to make sure that I am contributing as much value as I possibly can to this great community. So, uh, you know, just appreciation for you and, and having me on and always enjoy these conversations and the feedback that comes from them. Absolutely. And I, I think a great resource, a great development tool is what you give out to your followers, people who sign up for the daily discipline. Explain to our listeners how they can get that and what it is. Yeah. So you've got dailydiscipline.com. I send an email out Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. If you're on the West Coast, I actually think it shows up at 3 a.m. So, you know, for most of you or a lot of you, it is, uh, it is sitting on your phone in your inbox when you wake up. And, and they're brief, they're short, they're simple, they're direct, and they're all about the personal and the professional discipline to get the things that we want. That's ultimately what I think, that's my biggest mission, Keith, is to help people build the discipline they need to get what they want. I, I don't want to tell people what to want. I just want to make sure they've got the discipline to go out and get it. And so whether that's football, life, marriage, parenting, some other job, teaching, growing, you know, coming to, frankly, coming to peace with some of the hard stuff that's happened to us in life. All of these things require the discipline to go out and get them done, square ourselves away, deliver an experience, produce something. And so I, I just, I write about that every morning in a way that is practical, valuable, and useful at the individual level. And so there's, uh, there's, there's two, and, I, and I'll let the audience know we've got a, for two years now, I've just sent this email out. It's free. It's grown so much and, and been so cool. One of the things that I'm, I'm going to be doing here very soon, make you all aware, is, is we'll continue doing daily discipline uh, email every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. And they're going to be launching a subscription version, which it'll, it'll be a paid version, but it'll come with additional and deeper resources at both a personal and a professional level. That, and it's not going to be a particularly, uh, it won't be particularly expensive, but it'll just be more and uh, adding a lot more tools and values to that process. I think we're going to call it Daily Discipline Pro, uh, and that'll be rolling out here pretty soon. So you can go for the, the free one, which is the email that comes every morning, and then there'll be a subscription version that is coming out sometime here this fall. And uh, for your listeners who maybe are new to the podcast, or if you haven't been paying attention, we are in our in-season mode and our format on the podcast has flipped to a different series for each day of the week, and we focus on all aspects of the game, all aspects of what we can do to help you as a coach right now in season. You're going to want to check out the writing and the work we have behind this that supplements it. BK, thanks again, and I look forward to next week and another step in the leadership journey.